0: I'm Lauren Harry, founder of Mental Dental, a group for dentists in crisis. And this is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry Ethics Philosophy.
1: So today, uh, we, from different angles, we came at this from, um, we were going to talk about health because I, I, I've been on a big, um, well, I, I've, re- I've read lots about health uh, as a personal project in various different angles. I've got a kind of project that I'm going through and working through different um, subjects to do with health, which started... With my my personal crusade to uh, uh, research happiness as a concept, okay, yeah, uh, and so there's lots that I could talk about in this and things that I've done to try to retain or maintain my own um, health because being a dentist is inherently it's unhealthy, terribly unhealthy, isn't it's it? Terribly unhealthy, both physically and mentally. Yes. exceptionally unhealthy. Yes, but probably the, the probably the former because of the latter. Yes, I said, I said, yeah. So, so, so if your mental health is affected. Then your physical health becomes affected, and that's a really interesting concept because um, it used to be thought. Everybody knows or has known for a long time that if you improve your cardiac health, you can improve your mental health. But what people didn't realize is it works in the other direction, and so that a decreasing uh, decreasing mental health will decrease your physical health. Yeah. Um, and I I read that. So this is this is the total name dropping of books read. This podcast okay, could yeah, be let's right? see this this because is, um, but. Um, if you're feeling, if you ever get to the stage where you feel sad and you know, you, so the, the the thing about mental health is, um, is that it's massively stigmatised and it still is yeah. right. So it's like where being gay was uh, before Freddie Mercury, yeah, yeah. right? And um, the the uh, so so the, when you see Prince William and Prince Harry jumping about talking about it and working mm-hmm. with the charities and things, and then there was a fascinating interview recently with Prince William, um about how when he'd worked for the Air Ambulance Service and some cases they'd seen, and it made him feel quite low and he'd never felt like that before. So what he's actually saying is I was actually depressed, but he can't even bring himself to say it in the public eye, right? And he needed help, but he couldn't bring himself to say it. So we can't actually say that when you're depressed. So when you find yourself um, crawling into the wardrobe or under the bed with your thumb in your mouth or whatever it is that you do that so many people do that won't talk about it, um, the first place to go is Healing Without Freud or Prozac by David Servan Schreiber. Um, and so that was given to me by a friend of mine who said to me, you know, things have been so bad that I have had to crawl into the wardrobe. And I've said, oh, my God, that's where I am. And he said, right, just read the book, right? And if you if you do, if you read that book, which is still a massively, massively current book, and I always have a copy of that book, Um um, that's the first place to start, and it's so basic. It's ridiculously basic, and we just, we just have that Confucius thing about you know life is really simple, but we just insist on making it complicated, and it's not difficult. And the basics for that type of stuff are not difficult. But we, but none of us, me, me more than anybody else, and worse than anybody else, always Dorothy, I'm really sorry, <laughs> always try to fuck it up oh. right? right so so yeah. uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a master of just going yeah we're on a good track here we're on a good track here let's just drive a steamroller over my head <laughs> right <laughs> uh, and so um and so so i i i do not ever sit here and talk about this stuff and it's it, it's it's kind of easy to talk about it sitting across from sean because i feel like i'm talking to you yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. and other people are going to listen to this and then i'm going to think oh shit what was i saying right but It needs to be said and it needs to be discussed and and the most important thing about the next 25 minutes is that I don't see anything in here from a position of I am better than anybody else. I'm not. I'm generally worse than everybody else. I'm generally the person who's struggling to keep it together um, for one reason or another. um, But I have the way I have to, I have to understand before I can do, I don't do and then understand. And so I couldn't fix myself without first understanding what was going on, okay, yeah. which is mm-hmm. why I then went into health in such a big way. That's quite interesting.
0: So from my point of view, from a, from a young age, I've had often on issues with um, mental health instability, not not in a big way. That, that's actually because you're um, a human. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, And um, it's... At the moment, I'm actually okay. And for the vast majority of the time, I'm okay. But every now and again, I'm really not okay. Really, really not okay. And it takes me some time to get back to being okay. But for those few days, maybe a few days, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. And what sets me off is just remembering something from 20 years ago. And... How my life could have been slightly different, yeah, and and then actually, if I'd have done that, things would be like this or like this, <laughs> and and if only I'd have made that decision there, and that's it, and
1: that's it for days, uh-huh. and it's this downward spiral. So there's a beautiful that's another book reference, right? This one is one of the ladybird books for adults. Have you ever seen? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, 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 the midlife crisis one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's where he goes into the shop and he sees the boat varnish. And then he realises that he'll never own a boat. And he gets depressed, even though he'd never, ever wanted yeah, to own exactly, a boat yeah. before. Exactly. <laughs> and,
0: um, <laughs> we, um, uh, we've mentioned the other podcast that I do um, and, and numerous times. And people still aren't listening. No, um, So every year on the Last Tuesday Project, we do a, uh, an episode on mental health yeah. um, uh, for Mental Health Awareness Week. And without fail, it's always our most popular episode by... He? By far, because people want to hear other people talking they about do, do their they mental health. They want to
1: uncloak the darkness. Exactly, and that, we sh- and,
0: and I um, because I've noticed now that those things are quite popular. I talk about mental health with my patients all a lot, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. And people come in thinking they're crazy because they've got TMJ problems or something like this. Mm-hmm. You just talk to them. You yeah. talk and talk and talk, and then you send them away, and, and then you get they come back in two weeks. and
1: much better i feel better yeah the best Thank treatment you. for TMJ is is it's chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is and the, the but the um uh, so in the whole gamut of things we could talk about in health and, and and what happens to dentists and any any and any tricks that we have or not tricks or lessons that we've learned or things that we have from speaking to people that might just help other people the best thing we can do is is talk openly about the fact I, that i think so everybody struggles with this everybody oh. really struggles and right. if
0: you if you think that someone isn't struggling yeah. They they are. Well, stra- they just don't have this the This is the issue.
1: Not yet. not that because this becomes at risk of becoming a you know the the a social media bashing podcast. I don't want it to be that because only because Sean said he won't do it anymore with me if I keep <laughs> doing it. But um, <laughs> I will not post this on Facebook anymore. So, but but that's been one of the problems which we all know about is the yeah. fact that everybody who is the is a lot of the time what you what your friends and events comers on social media are posting is. um is the is the beautiful thing that is how good is my life and it just that's why I came off it because it just depressed me you know it just depressed me that I felt I wasn't living up to this kind of picture of what a a guy in my demographic should be mm. and actually when I came off it and didn't look at it anymore I generally was a lot happier um and so um so so I I for me the mental health issue I I can keep I can maintain my physical health um quite well as long as I'm maintaining my um my mental health. Um, and so for me that comes first. And so the David's the set, the healing without Freud or Prozac, um, book, um, was, um, was a real, that was a game changer for me. And it's about 15 years ago, I, I guess. And it was the start of, there was a lot of things happened to me health-wise at that stage. Um, uh, and several things which changed the game, but that was the start of the, um, Obviously, right. I have to take responsibility for myself yeah, yeah, yeah. because actually, my job—if I let it—will crush me. I used to be for
0: about maybe fifteen years. It's just after I qualified. I was obsessed with being happy and trying to find the the um, the secret to happiness. You know, yeah. everyone else is happy, yeah. but I'm not really that happy. Actually, come to think of it, and I and I've. Over time, read a number of books, and I read a book recently that completely changed the way that I think about things. It's by a chap called Darren Brown. Oh yeah, it's called it's called Happy. Yeah, and it's amazing because uh, he opens with saying essentially that this pursuit of happiness is a very modern thing. Yeah, you know we see this idealized situation that everyone else is in and then we try and emulate it when actually for the vast majority of human lives in in the human lifespan it's been fairly shit yeah it's been survival uh, yeah exactly and we've got it pretty easy now yeah and if you're not happy well you know that's okay and that's the first time i realized that actually yeah i don't even know what what I couldn't even tell you what it was to be happy. Yeah, I can't describe it. Okay, so what is happiness, and what is what is going to give you that happiness? And it's just a, a question that I can't even get my head around. Well, it makes you unhappy seeking
1: happiness. Exactly. So, so, so the prob the pro. Yeah, so, so the next proper recommendation is um, on my sort of journey through this to sort of trying to be happier and trying to be and dealing with making that. You know, I just wanted to be content. What I was doing um, was Happier, the book Happier yeah. by Ben Tal Sahir. So Ben Tal-Sahir was Sahir was an Israeli guy who was a squash player and he worked all his young life to win the national championships of squash and he won. And, and so he sat in his hotel room the night after he'd won and went, Hey, eh? is this it? <laughs> what well, is supposed to be amazing and it's just not as and all that and he became a professor of psychology and, and he's at harvard and he started a course on exploration of happiness for freshmen at harvard and, the, and he was like laughed out of the aisles by people for mm-hmm. that and it became and i think as far as i know still is the most successful course at harvard and it runs and they pump it to lecture theaters by video for two and a half thousand people a year and everybody wants to come and know what that is and then he wrote the summary in the book yeah, yeah. and it's one of the only books that i've ever done back to back on audiobook oh, I just started listening to it again yeah. and uh, and it's just it's a great book and it doesn't tell you how to be happy because nobody can tell you that no. and that's the t- you have to figure that out really quickly but it, it but it, it gives you permission to be unhappy Right, and 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 also, it then that then reflects back. This is quite deep stuff, isn't it? There's a there's a concept which won a Nobel Prize called um, in psychology called um, the peak end rule, which we use a lot in sedation. So there's a there's a clinical application. Yeah. To this. Okay. So your memories are um, your memories are not. Um, an accumulation of everything that happened during that episode they're an average of the peak and the end so if it's a bad memory it's the peak end yeah, right? yeah. and if it's a good memory it's the peak yeah. end so if you're taking someone's wisdom teeth out with a tire lever um and the sedation and shouting at them <laughs> for god's sake you're a bastard open your mouth <laughs> if you calm them down at the end and leave them sitting for five minutes they might forget and um so the peak end rule is the same so that's why when you come back from your holiday all Those little moments in your holiday where it was a bit shit because it's always a bit shit at part of your holiday, like when your flight was delayed or you felt all grubby on the airplane or somebody annoyed you or did that, you forget about them because part of your holiday was brilliant and yeah, the end yeah, of it was, it was good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why you never travel back from your holiday from Heathrow to Nottingham because <laughs> that makes your holiday shit, right? <laughs> and so, 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 so your memories are so you'll, you'll, you'll often gloss your memories up and and you go well I was much happier when I was doing that and of course at the time you didn't feel this burst of euphoria that you think you were supposed to feel and so we chase the and more and more now through what we see published wherever we see it we ch- we feel like we have to feel euphoria all Absolutely. the time, right? And you're, you're after that little bit Every- of extra hit on you, that dopamine hit all the time, yeah. all the time, which is totally unreasonable. Yeah, completely, un- and that then affects our health because it's no longer it's no longer good enough to just do a nice consultation with a patient. Yeah. That's not good yeah. enough, right? It's no longer good enough to to take out a lower five for somebody that you didn't get a lot of money for but you did it quite well it's not good enough it has to be an immediate full out restoration made out of geranium uh, which is a new material that you invented <laughs> on one implant right that's the that, you know it's, it's utter pish, right and so 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 and so the the mental health I think like mental health is not a dental problem. Is it? no, Let's face no, it's it. a, it's society, a huge societal, problem. societal yeah, yeah. problem, and we haven't yet touched on the main issue related to this. And my current radar, um, when we come into health, which we'll come to in a few minutes' time, which is sleep, which is my sleep. biggest. So you thing. are
0: reading the same, or you have read the book that I'm halfway through. Yeah, I the I Walker think. book. Yeah, but
1: what book, Well, then my project for first of all to secure strategies to to maintain my mental health personally. That's what I had to do. And secondly then to do the exploration of the happiness thing through the various different areas with uh, there's a guy called the, the the biggest most prolific researcher on happiness was Mihaly, uh, Chick Mahaley um who who wrote a book called flow which became famous mm-hmm. around the sort of happiness genre and it's a scientific work scientific wonderful book um and then to do all that kind of stuff and and then there's also the then the physical side of things to try and, to try and have a strategy for me within my work. And within what's to come next, and the places that I'm going to go next, mm-hmm. um, that allow me to maintain a, a degree of physical health, um, um, and 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 then and then I'll t- I was always on my radar to do the sleep thing but I just knew that when I opened that box it was going to be colossal and the box is it's is huge isn't it it's huge but it is and it's already in the first I have a second recommendation now from the blog Little Hills uh, which I've not read uh, but I'll go oh, mm. it's Christmas present for you <laughs> And um, but um, I'm already in the first book really really annoying my wife and my family yeah by yeah, telling yeah, them absolutely. the stuff that they just don't want to hear. So the,
0: the problem I'm having is I'm reading it before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. and It's it's a dense book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. really, it's a hard yep, book. So I'm going to bed. I'm getting to bed early because he, he says you have to. Spoiler alert, you need seven or eight hours of sleep a night. Eight hours night, yeah. 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 And then I'm going through it. I'm thinking, oh shit, I need to be asleep now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sleep opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so this yeah. is
1: the interesting phrase, isn't it? You need to give yourself eight to nine hours of sleep opportunity mm-hmm. a night. And um, and if you don't, you are fucked. You're fucking sorry, mum. You, you, <laughs> you know that fucked. I'm glad you said that because you're fucked, right? You absolutely. And, and you're not fucked because Matthew Walker thinks you might be fucked. You're, you're fucked, fucked because seventeen thousand peer-reviewed articles tell you that you're yeah. fucked, right? And the, this guy came. This guy trained in Nottingham. He's now this professor. At, uh, but don't hold that against him. He's a professor. Oh, no, did <laughs> you went to the same institution that I went to? Not for tra- well. He, he worked at Queens, and um, he, he bet he's now the professor at uh, University of California, Berkeley. And uh, and he he would have the audacity. He was at Harvard, and he would have the audacity to write an article in the Harvard Magazine to say we're ruining the students because of the way yes, we we're teaching them. Yes, he did. Them. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, yeah. Was, I was. I reckon he was chased out of the place for that. And.
0: There's the the interesting things I found. Not got through the whole of the book yet, but how through our life our sleep needs change. Like when we're teenagers, actually, yeah, we probably should be having that lie in. Yeah, but as we get older. The, there's this idea
1: that old people don't need
0: to sleep <laughs> oh, it's so it's shit and the myth
1: it? and the Margaret Thatcher myth and the Ronald Reagan yeah, myth yeah yeah I and the, before, so, I t- my- let, so we're, this is this is a health podcast we were so, so for in case there was ever anybody that A. listened to it and B. listened to it <laughs> there, who, are some, there are people who Remember. wasn't who wasn't who wasn't um, I'm, it's just me on different IP addresses <laughs> that, I travelled to Brazil and listened that, to the you podcast put a, you put a beard on I, it, I listened to the podcast in Brazil from an internet cafe <laughs> and um so there's two types of there's there's two types of cells in your brain. There's more than two, but there's two that run together. There's your neurons, which are the the, the electrical cabling, and there's the glial cells, which are the cells that sit beside your neurons. and, and what's happened in sleep research in the last 25 years is that the knowledge has just increased exponentially. Mm. And so at the first two hours of sleep at night, if you go at the proper time, you you um your glial cells shrink by up to 60%. So they shrink away from the neurons and they leave a space. And your cerebrospinal fluid, which is the mystery fluid that washes around your brain, washes into that gap and washes out debris out of that gap. And if it doesn't do that and leaves the debris inconsistently, that's a massive indicator and risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. So if you don't get your first two hours of non-REM sleep, deep non-REM sleep a night consistently, you increase your chances of Alzheimer's disease dramatically. And interestingly, Margaret Thatcher, I only sleep three hours a night, but she slept a lot during the day because recent records released by MI5 showed that she slept in the car all the time. And Ronald Reagan, I only sleep three hours a night and so does Margaret Thatcher. Both of them got dementia. Now that's not a yes, science. Yeah. That's not scientifically significant, no, no, no. but it's just interesting. But it's, it's, it's a little twist, and isn't look, it? Donald Trump isn't a good sleeper, and he's already oh. got dementia. Oh fucking!
0: <laughs> but but the interesting thing is, you get you get people who work a lot during the week and think
1: they can catch up at the weekend. Yeah, can absolutely cannot do you that. Can't do that. Absolutely cannot do that. You can't do it. And the and and the fascinating facts of this, we'll have to see this. This would be the rest of the show. but yeah. The fascinating fact is the one thing that, from a research perspective, and we do like our evidence base. Yeah, absolutely. Base, right? is that um, when the clocks go forward
0: yes. and
1: you lose an hour, yeah. the incidence of heart attacks yeah, increases yeah. dramatically because of that one hour lost on a population level. Dramatically increases, and conversely, when the clocks go yeah, back, yeah. it it's drops. An, it's an, it's a, a good little experiment, isn't Blimey. it? Blimey, so easy and so powerful, that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so if you thought that it wasn't important, oh, my goodness.
0: I'm a great believer in that, uh, obviously, th- Anecdotes aren't data. Uh-huh. So that's the key thing. But anecdotes that that reinforce the data are yeah. really powerful. Well,
1: we're, we're storytelling animals, aren't we? Yeah. So very if we much can so. have a story which tells the which tells t- tells the story of the data, yeah. And yeah. so so we, we you know the, the the supporting each other in in mental health and and in our, if we're looking at our profession uh, through the microscope and saying you know I know it's a societal problem but dentistry is is at least as difficult from a mental health perspective as, as any other profession. Mm. Um, and with the stresses and strains that we're under as dentists, in terms of all the regulatory stuff and and the changes that we've had and the technology that's coming in and and the more complaining society from patients and the less respect the professionals have because they've cracked the contract, the social contract with patients. Um, we have to look out for each other and we have to um, look out for ourselves and understand that this is yeah. difficult. And and some of the stuff we have to do is to move away from that. Uh, and and um, so one of the other things that I I did and investigated reasonably well was mindfulness mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and there's
0: a excellent hour hour and a half last tuesday project episode on mindfulness oh, wow. and yeah. the evidence base behind mindfulness oh i
1: need just reference that i'm going to go straight to that yeah yeah because i did uh, williams penman and williams stuff for the two british doctors mm-hmm. who, who wrote the nice guidelines for yeah. um for, for um for depression and for cogn- mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy, which is now the the number one mm-hmm. the, the first-line treatment yeah. recommended yeah. for depression, mm-hmm. and um, and then I and then I, I so I then went into Headspace. I headspace I, is really very well. Good. I like it. Yeah, I like and, Headspace. And, 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 and I'm and like I say, as soon as I get myself into a good place, I break myself and I stop doing all the things that help me. Yeah. Um, and so I know that things are getting bad when I don't have time to use a Headspace app the way I'd like to use it, or, or I or I'm not eating properly because that's a massive big issue for dentists, massive big oh, issue for everybody. Geez. Yeah. Right. And 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 when I when I realise that every t- every night at nine o'clock that I'm scouring the house for shit to eat, then I know that my you last till nine o'clock. I know that my at my cognitive state i know that yeah, my yeah. depressive state is increasing and that my my fed upness is increasing and i know that i'm i'm i'm, I'm paying for it by eating rubbish right and so for for dentists we're you know the way that we work was sedentary. Yeah, right. That's not helpful. Ooh. We're in an artificial light. That's not helpful. No, 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 that's no, no, really no. bad. We um, we we we're, we, we, we're it's lonely. Stressful. It's, yeah, it's yeah, stressful. Yeah, we're isolated. Very right. So. Uh, that's that's bad. And so little things like that, that. I do is So I I, I always call my own patients in and walk to the waiting room. Okay. Dead yeah. simple. That gets me up now and, and walk. Um, and, um, and I walk to work. W- walking to work has been an extraordinary revelation to me. Um, I used to cycle, but it's about four minutes on a bike. <laughs> and so that was no use. And so it was quicker to, it's actually quicker to walk by the time i chained my bike up. And um, so I've suggested to people for years, I wrote a blog called The Pond, which was um, about walking yeah, past the pond. Yeah, yeah. And I somebody come up to me at a lecture out of the blue and go, that that b- blog about The Pond was a revelation. And I'm going, fucking hell. <laughs> and um, he, 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 uh, And that's, you know, it's at times like that, which don't happen that often, but it's the times like that when somebody does that or sends you a book to say thanks that you think I'm actually, I'm actually in the right place with that. And, uh, and so I suggested to guys, you know, guys said to me, it's all right for you, but I have to drive to work. And I said, well, park 10 minutes away. Yeah. That's a fair Just park 10 minutes away and walk. I've, um, in the last month,
0: been thinking about exactly the same thing, so I've started standing up for quite a lot of the work that I do, yeah. um, and it's amazing because I'm, I'm not for hour and a half endos, uh-huh. but for checkups, right. fillings, you no, know, the routine work, and you have to explain it to your patient. Because yeah. they think, oh, have you got a bad back? It's like, no, I'm just trying not to have a bad back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to do this, and, and sitting down on your ass at eight hours a day, yeah, it's, it's probably not all that good for you for lots of reasons.
1: Well, well the, 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 there's, there's tons and tons of stuff, and again, this is a this really would be an area that I've, I've I've really interested in. It's fascinated me, and and, and I and I don't talk. I, I suppose I talk about it on the blog, maybe backhandedly, but I, I don't shout about it and go. Nah. um but it, but it's a, it's a fascinating one. And and the, you know, what you do in surgery, I use a saddle seat. Um, because when I was in my early thirties, I worked in a small NHS surgery, were really tight. My boss called them Toyota surgeries, he made them all the same. He used to fit them out himself, out of kitchen and cabinets. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. And, and 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 when I was thirty-two I couldn't put my socks on at the end of my bed. Couldn't do it. Right. And that was regular. And so regularly and that was both stress related and physical. And I couldn't do that. I had high blood pressure. I went from medical. For, I had high blood pressure. I've got a family history of cardiac disease. And uh, early thirties. Early thirties. I've got high blood pressure. It's mental, right? And um and I, and I had to change it or else I was just going to have a stroke. And uh and so I went onto a saddle seat and, and loops for my surgical procedures. And that was an absolute yeah. revelation to me. Maybe it won't work for you, but it's a revelation. So the straight back stuff. Uh, and now, I, you know, now I can I can. I straight legged I can grab the soles of my feet right so not, well you're not, doing it now though, not put that's my, amazing not, <laughs> not putting put my socks forget putting my socks on I can, I can and that's not because I, because physically I'm just entirely different because and not because I've trained and done all, done that much yoga done a little bit which is great I don't have time that's a ludicrous thing to say um, but um, just because it, the change the way you live change the way you feel you know yeah. and it is true um, and and it's and, and I still fall into the trap of looking after myself. I always broke on the 21st of November. Um, that was my break date. And I would always psychologically crack open on that date. It would be awful. And then it became a standing joke. And I would write about it in the blog every year and say it's 21st of November. And Chris Barrow calls it Colin Campbell Day. <laughs> and um, And for the past two years at least, I haven't. And I'm just now the thirtieth of November, and I haven't broken yet. I've been on the verge of it this week, but uh, <laughs> if I'm honest, I managed to pull back from the edge. So, having read um, "Happy" by Darren
0: Brown, essentially it's um, stoicism, the Stoic philosophers, and then yeah. he's going back to that kind of idea because self-help books tend not to work. Yeah, they don't. and the idea like the secret that you can think yourself happy yeah. and that we should be um NLP-ing ourselves to happiness. That is bullshit. Yeah. If anyone tells you NLP is going to work for anything, turn the fuck off, okay? <laughs> and then t- send them to me. We did a last Tuesday project on NLP nice. as well, so that was quite interesting. I'm sorry, mum. I'm, red- <laughs> I'm a registered project.
1: No, <laughs> no you
0: No, you're a master NLP master. Master. I'm a, ma- a master beta. <laughs> <laughs> so having read Happy, right, I've come up with, At the end, self-help's bullshit, right? Except I've come up with my own version. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Except I'm writing a book. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All other self-help books are shit. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title. (laughs) So I've come up with, um, based on this idea, a bit of stoic philosophy, a bit of evidence base. The seller's method—you might call it the seller's method—I wouldn't be that pretentious.
1: I'd, I would probably call it. I would probably it steal Campbell, it and because because the call it the method. The method, oh, <laughs> and I'll make it pink.
0: So- no, what, the, the only four things you need to think about to be content. Okay, right. don't worry about being happy. Happiness is fine. It's, it's it is the icing on top. Okay, yeah. contentness is where we want to be. Okay. All you have to do is do everything to the best of your ability. Yeah, as a dentist, for example, to be a content dentist. Yeah. Secondly, you have to improve your abilities. Thirdly, you only concern yourself with things that you can change. Yeah. And finally, you can only change what you think and what you do. Yeah. And that's it. And that is life. Wow. And the problem with that is that other things feed into this. Yeah. So doing things to the best of your ability is sometimes affected by external influences. Yeah. Like the iffy bosses we've talked about before. Yeah you've got to remove yourself from that situation one way or another. Ultimately. And we talked about that and we talked about how to do that. But if you want to be content and you don't want to be going down that rabbit hole of shit, essentially, this is how you do it,
1: I think. Very good. right? I'll tell you what it demonstrates to me is it demonstrates to me that the path to this type of stuff is individual. Yeah. Right? And so that's why I, I, I don't shout too much about it in terms of what has worked for me because it might not work for you. No. Right. All I can say is that there is a I think there is a path. Um and I think I think you have to take responsibility for yourself. Um and, and that I think that's one of the biggest issues. One of the biggest issues is life's hard, it's difficult. It's always going to be difficult. Um there's always going to be terrible things happening. Um, always, you're never going to reach a You know, you, you, I, I never go to work in a week. We would, we always, we laugh about this week's crisis. There's always a crisis. <laughs> yeah. at work. It's always this week's crisis, right? <laughs> Sometimes this week's crisis lasts for months, but it's always this week's crisis, mm. right? And that's okay, and because that's that's not work, that's life, right? It's that's just life. It's if you're looking for the steady, straight path to somewhere, just no, fuck it's off. Not it's happening. just not it's realistic. Right? So instead, it's, it is John F. Kennedy. It is don't. It don't look for easier times. Look to be stronger men. It's being stronger people. It's it's resilience. It's not you don't get resilience from fucking sitting in front of the telly watching Netflix. No. And right? you
0: and you don't
1: get resilience
0: from having a stiff upper lip. No, you don't. Stiff upper lip
1: kills no, you people. No, don't get that. You don't. You have to share it, and you have to say this is absolutely awful. And somebody else will say to you, Do you know what? It, yeah, is. it is right. It is. And this is and it was awful for me too. And you go, Thank God for that. So I'm not being a whingy dick. And they go, you know, it's really shit. And also it's alright to say to somebody, I'm really sorry you're having a shit time, right? It's all right to say that. Mm-hmm. And and actually that's what we should be doing to people. And we should you know, reverting back to professionalism or mm. ethics, yeah. we should be able to have a little bit of space in our life to say to guys that are struggling. If all of us said to a little bit of space in our life to guys that are struggling and go, I'll help you out, right? And not have to sing about it or shout about it and say, I'm the big I am. And 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 that that camaraderie, that that community together as a group, which we of all people with the income levels that we have and all the good stuff we have should have time for each other to do, we just don't seem to have it. And it's really sad. The other thing is, you don't actually have to work to see patients 10 sessions a week. You choose to do that, right? You don't have to do You're that. You work in the system. that You can choose to work. You can cut your cloth accordingly, right? I, I see patients generally two and two and a half days a week. I could earn three times as much money as I earn now By seeing them more, and I choose not to. I choose that what I get is enough, right? So, anybody else has the ability to do that as well, that you just cut your cloth accordingly. Most people in the United Kingdom would sell their soul for the salary that a dentist would get (laughs) for two and a half days a week. That's actually the truth. So, it's to to whinge and bitch about, um, sorry, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. No, you don't. You can change your circumstances it's absolutely straightforward to change your circumstances people have to sell their practices or sell their houses when they get divorced so they can certainly do it to save their health but they choose not to and we choose not to and it's not to make it flippant i know it's not easy it's really not easy and it's never finished and it's a constant constant job i used to smoke 20 cigarettes a day it's um you're, you're giving up smoking Pretty much every day, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's how it works, right? So, you know, you get up and, and you carry on doing that. And that, that's it's the same as this. It's, and I, back to what I said earlier on, I, I, I get it wrong almost every day. But that's stoicism, isn't it? That's is. waking up that's tomorrow yeah. and yeah, going, Do just you know say,
0: what? It's another day. I'll try again. Let's, let's keep, on.
1: keep I've on, got, keeping on. I've got a brand new... Uh, stationary trainer bike in the back of my car just to be fitted into my uh, shed. And the problem is that my life is in such turmoil at the moment that it'll probably take me a month to get it in <laughs> um, there. Just, just when you need it the most. So that is is a whistle stop. This is a subject we'll return to. I
0: think so. And you know, we've spoken about our experiences a bit, but if you feel that you want to share your experiences with us, um, info at incisivedecisive.com. And we'll always be there to have a listen.
1: Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. This was Incisive Decisive.
0: So that will do us for another episode of Incisive Decisive. Both Colin and I feel that the issue of mental health in general, but especially in dentistry, is something that we should be talking more about. We'll certainly be returning to the subject in the future. If you or someone you know is suffering from mental health issues, we can recommend seeking advice from Mind, the mental health charity, at mind.org.uk or the Samaritans. We'll put links in the show notes. There's a blog to go along with this episode, and again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you've got a question for us or want to give us any kind of feedback, then there are loads of ways which you can contact us. Email us at info at incisivedecisive.com we're also on twitter at incisive pod and we're on facebook as well if you like what we're doing please leave us a review on apple podcasts or your podcast provider of choice and don't forget to spread the word tell your friends colleagues and everyone you know about what we're doing our intro music is grave rubber by gallops listen to more of their music at gallopsgallops.com. we'll see you all on the next incisive decisive Next time on Incisive Decisive. A hygienist shouldn't shouldn't work without a nurse, but if you are going to work without a nurse, here's how you do it. I hate this because we're being all mysterious, but yes. i are trying not to get struck off. And I've got exactly zero evidence this is what's happening. <laughs> okay, let's, let's get this out here. Let's get this out here. So I'm in exactly the right position to give an opinion on it.